This is the Trail Trash Podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Three Amigos back for another episode. Tonight, we're going to dive into, uh, call it what it is, the Yeti race recap. We're going to see what happened, what went right, what went wrong, and what we could do as, a, as an armchair quarterback to get ready for the next one. Before we dive into that, though, there is another big race that we do want to talk about real quick, and it's a plug for sponsors. Um, if you guys have ever run an ultra race, you know how vital sponsors are. Um, volunteers volunteers sponsors well shoot you might need sponsors too but uh you could sponsor an aid station so john does your employer want to sponsor an aid station <laughs> i can't speak to that that's on a chain but yeah so they do need volunteers and it is no business 100 it is next weekend so the 20th and the 21st so it's a friday saturday double check my dates on that though but um they are in not necessarily dire, desperate straits, but they could use some extra hands. So if you've got just a little bit of time and you're kind of in the Jamestown area, for those who don't know, that's kind of up near Cookville, um, about an hour kind of northeast of Cookville, right along the Tennessee-Kentucky border. Uh, Pickett State Park is the start-finish line. They could use any help they, they could get. Um, I did check that all of their pacers or all of their sweepers are full, so you'd be doing a lot of aid station work. But again, if you've done any sort of ultra by yourself you know how vital these aid stations are um so yeah so go ahead and reach out to them on any of their socials if you do feel so inclined i will be there saturday going into sunday i believe john is going to be there on friday so you may get a little thursday Thursday? Thursday. maybe friday depending on uh my availability and their uh their need uh come up around that time but yeah, it's a great way to give back. Um, or if you have been curious about seeing what the ultra scene is like, you know, volunteering for a few hours, you know, you can check it out a little bit, scope it out. Um, you know, any volunteer help is much appreciated. Um, yeah, if you've ever run an ultra, you know that those volunteers are, we, we couldn't run it without them. No, and I know a bunch of volunteers that have saved people's races. So um, 100%. It's a great way to give back and uh, put a little bit into the community that we all take part in. Keeping it uh, trashy like we do on this show. Uh, well, like I do on this show because I am the trash in the Trail Trash podcast. Um, you know how vital it is when someone's sitting there on the side of the trail and they have a beer that sounds really good. So you take it from a complete stranger. Um, I have taken beer from a stranger at an aid station because it sounded good and it got me through to the next aid station. So, um, but yeah, volunteers are crucial. They have <laughs> saved my race at least. <laughs> Plus, you know, uh, the Pickett state park and big South fork area, it's a beautiful area, especially this time of year. So especially this time of year, mm-hmm. another way, great way to get outside and enjoy some time outdoors. Yeah. And you could even swing over to the, the twin arches. They just redid their sweatshirt this year. looks sharp um it's got the twin arches on it and if they if you ever go there twin arches are quite a sight especially when you get to run underneath them and you can go on top of them too uh but yeah Pickett state park no business 100 if you've got some time 
They could use any and all hands that they could get. So now, all that to be said, let's talk about our race. So our race is, um, I guess, where do you, where do you want to start with this? I mean, cause I could start with the Thursday drive and we could talk about just the general mood and the optimism. Cause it, it, frankly, that's what it was. There was a whole lot of optimism driving into this on Thursday. Um, there was not a doubt in my mind that we were going to have a four for four. Um, and, and then is it, where do you guys want to start? I mean, I don't have a preference where we, where we begin. I mean, okay. Okay. You just, you just, you just take us along the journey. Okay. <laughs> so Jason, let me just come out and ask the question. How confident were you in your training going into this race? Because I was 100% confident that you had done the work. Yeah, I mean, I was. And I don't think that anyone questioned that it was a lack of training. There were some people there that that Monica and I had talked to as they were coming through that we knew. And um, they had said, yeah, you know, I, I was pretty undertrained for this. I don't think that that was the case with you at all. I, I wouldn't even say that you were overtrained. I really thought, looking back at your Strava data, uh, you had a great block. You really yeah. did. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't change anything about it. I don't think I feel <laughs> like, I don't feel like it was, I feel like it was, it was under, under what I needed to do. I don't feel like it was over what I needed to do. Um, I, um, had a nice, uh, break in between the end of the training leading into the race. So, I mean, I honestly could not have, I don't think I could have done anything better or differently going into, into the actual race itself. I feel like I was probably only time I felt in better shape was the first year. Um, but this year was probably the second best I've ever ever felt so i was i was pretty pretty good about that got it now because it's always easy to take these now that the race has come and gone it's always easy to take these and take that super fine microscope and over diagnose everything every runner does it present company included shoot i still over analyze no business from from last year um almost on a daily basis because there's a picture in my desk or in my office that reminds me of it. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I'm always questioning it. It's just what us overthinkers do. Looking at where you were training, because just I, I've only run there one time. And um, that was like a Saturday morning with with some of the cows. Was that all paved road that you ran on there at the at the battlefield? Yeah, I mean, it was it was all paved road. Um however i mean i'll say this like in previous in previous years i've i've always trained there mm -hmm. um i don't feel like i don't feel like that really had any sort of negative effect on 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 what happened mm -hmm. uh, on what happened out there i mean after you know you know stepping back i don't know now after after realizing what all is what all went down, which now I, I finally got a clear picture after today, um, what all was going on. Um, I don't know what what I could have done differently during the race to have changed the outcome of it. Um, 
you know, um, you know, and then we, and we we can get to what what all happened later on. But no, I mean, I I mean the the surface was fine. I mean, um, I was in the most cushioned pair. Well, I did the first part of my training in the most cushioned pair of ultra shoes that you can get. Mm-hmm. And and then I moved to the second most cushioned pair of ultra shoes you can get. So I was in, and that's uh, the, and you were running in the road equivalent of the trail shoe that you were running in. Right. The so, first half was in the first half was in the Via Olympuses, um, and then I pivoted to the the Torrens, which I have um, tons of experience in both of those shoes. Uh, mm-hmm. Both of those shoes I have put endless countless amount of miles on with little to no problems at all which is why i did not uh, deviate from anything out of the norm uh, of what i was supposed to you know of how you're supposed to train so yeah i mean i I kept in 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 familiar waters with the the shoes and they had they had good cushion um so yeah i mean surface wise you know the surface was the surface was 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 fine and the only reason I bring that up is because we would come into these aid stations and hear other runners talk about essentially the same problem that we thought you were having. Um, turns out it seems like it's a little bit more than what we just, just general fatigue and general foot pain. So I was just thinking maybe it, because you were so used to running on such a packed service that with being asphalt, so now you're on that crushed pea gravel, um, in essentially the same shoe, but still a little bit different. I just thought, and again, this was two days after the race. Maybe we should have switched his shoes to something that didn't have the pressure points. Now, granted, Ultra is not like, and I'm not knocking another shoe, but this is the first one that just comes to mind. Ultra is not like Solomon. And Solomon on the speed cross has a very aggressive, I mean, they're basically cleats that you're running in. And the Solomon Speed Cross probably would not have been a great shoe of choice if someone chose that, given the weather conditions. Now, if it was rainy, then sure, that'd be a little bit different. But on a dry year like we had, the Solomon Speed Cross would not be a good shoe. Ultra is not like that. They have much smaller lugs and they're much more spread out. Um, but I'm just I was just thinking maybe we should have switched to shoes just to get rid of the little pressure points from those. Cause over the course of time, 50, 60 miles on something that's a little harder surface than loose dirt um like they might have in the pacific northwest sure that's going to hurt your feet a little bit and again that's you know playing monday morning quarterback kind of stuff but um if i had brought that up from a crew perspective and said hey your feet are hurting we've got these road shoes here super similar i saw so many people running that in torrens and cliftons um would you what would you have said if i said hey your feet you're saying your feet hurt, but it's a general fatigue. Let's put in new shoes just to get rid of some of that. What would you, what would your thoughts been there if we had gone down that road? I mean, I would have, I would have changed shoes. I mean, all I had though was a lone peak. Um, and okay. then I had, and then I had an, a previous year's version of Olympuses. Um, again, okay. I, I, you know, I was sticking with sticking with what I've had success with in the past. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, previously I had not had, um, not had, I've not really had feet issues. Um, mm-hmm. I had uh, uh, some feet issues in year one, but then after that, um, um, 
it was it was micromanaged to death um after that by mm-hmm. by the crew that I had at, at the time um that really just micromanaged my feet and I never really had feet issues after year one uh year one I just had some um like some blisters um and those were those were tended to uh but year mm-hmm. two and in three, uh, there were, there were, there were no feet issues whatsoever, but, but again, you know, they were, my feet were, were probably coddled a little bit in those mm-hmm. races because of the experience we had in year one. Um, you know, um, so I, I think that that probably, probably made the difference. I think there was, there was definitely some, um, mistakes made around not changing, sock sooner and, and looking at stuff like that because you know in, in looking back there's there's multiple things that were going on with my feet at during the during that race it wasn't just initially i thought it was just you know severe blistering but now after a week i realized there's there was definitely a, a, something else something else going on there and that in um, and, and looking so we'll just come out and say we think that you are dealing with plantar fasciitis now. And right. I don't think any amount of sock or shoe change, given what you had, would have prevented that from happening. No, no. I, I think I think that was going to happen. I, I mean, I was just talking thinking about the blistering. Mm-hmm. Unless we made a drastic change to a completely different shoe brand. No, it it, it wouldn't have made you're not gonna do it in the middle of a race. No, it, it wouldn't have made a difference. And and mm-hmm. I mean you know, you know, this, the race was managed perfectly, uh, from a nutrition standpoint. Um, I had no nutrition issues. Um, uh, it was managed perfectly mentally. Um, you know, I definitely knew something was not right with my feet. Once we got in between Alvarado and, um, Alvarado and, and, uh, Damascus, um, I knew but going back out going back well yeah when i left you at alvarado and texted you and said i need to do something with my feet when i get to damascus at that point i knew something wasn't wasn't quite right with them i thought maybe a sock change would help um Mm -hmm. you know and and then but but then you know i didn't realize i think the depth of what was going on with me because i haven't really had plantar fasciitis since i started running in 2014 and, and i will i will say that i'm going to take a lot of blame for some of the things that may or may not have been able to be prevented and and the reason i'm putting it on myself is one as a crew member knowing that i have contact information for who your previous crew people were and again monday morning quarterback i should have reached out to said people and said hey what have what have you experienced because you've done this race with him three times now what has worked, what hasn't worked, those kind of things. The other thing I'm going to take the fall for is knowing how my mind works and how this is just how I approach all the things, I guess. Keep the questions in the middle of a race pretty simple, right? So that's what I tried to do. So you'd come in and I just ask you very basic questions because your mind is going through so much other stuff that I didn't want you to all of a sudden start to not necessarily panic, but sit there and say, okay, you know, what is actually going? I didn't want you to think deeper than I needed you to. Cause I knew that eventually you're going to have to fight those mental fights. And I wanted you 
to be as mentally fresh as I can make you for that. So you'd come in and I'd say, you know, we ended up kind of doing this ground up check. Like, how's your feet? We're good. And if you just said good, I left it at face value and said, perfect. If he, if there was something going on that he wanted me to know about or something that wasn't right, he's going to tell me. So mm-hmm. if you said good, I just took it at face value on to the next thing. Okay, perfect. How's your gut? Good. You gave me your bag of nutrition. I think it was Abingdon. You looked at me and said, you're going to be proud. You gave me an empty bag of nutrition, dude. I was so hyped. I was like, good. He's eating. Yes. <laughs> this 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 was by far the best i fueled ever for a race but you know i i think a a couple of things and and honestly you're not to blame i mean i think i'm to blame in a lot of this was you know you you know i was you know i had had you know i'd had sam previously and uh, when i would come in sam when he wanted to look at my feet he would just he would say sit down and he would just rip my shoe off and rip my sock off and stuff like that and he would he would inspect my feet and look at them and stuff and i knew with the the volume of 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 what you were having to deal with that was never in the cards and so in my head i was trying to manage in and outs if that makes sense in and out of aid stations from the standpoint of i was worried about eating i was worried about uh you know n- clicking off certain things on the checklist and anything that i deemed that might put me in 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 longer than it should have i would if i would either su- supplant that to the front and cut off something else like when i told you i didn't want noodles or sure. mashed potatoes that mm-hmm. was because i didn't feel like i had time for it and i wanted to do something else if that makes sure. sense And so what I was doing was I was literally banking. I was literally time managing myself before I got there to what I felt like I needed to do. Mm -hmm. And, and unfortunately for myself, I I should have started looking at my feet in Abington at 33, 33. Yeah. 33 was when the first time that we could see you guys. Right. Because that's, that was when in previous years, Sam started micromanaging my feet was always at 33. He would say, sit, he would say, sit down, you know, Sam also only had one runner to worry about. You well, know. I mean, it, it, I had, it, I, I had three and a half. You're right. Um, and I say a half because John, you were fully prepared and more than capable of running this race by yourself. Monica and I tried to stay as in front of you as we could without being so far ahead that we all of a sudden had to drive to the previous aid station in, so we tried, so I say a half, because we did try to be there as often for you as we could, with the exception, and I think we were there at all of them, except that one at Damascus. Yeah, just about all of them. But yeah, it was a situation mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, you've got a lot of people here who probably need more attention than I'm going to need. I'm just going to throw everything that I know that I'm going to need or want in my drop bag. You guys mm-hmm. happen to be around to hand me like an extra Mountain Dew, cool. But if not, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And I think we got, like I said, I think it was just Damascus because you text us when you were going in, and we were at Abingdon taking care of Will and Monica and Jason. Mm-hmm. And then next thing I know, I got a text, and I didn't even see both of them until after we had already left. Was, hey, are you at Damascus? Okay, I'm gone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, um. So it was three and a half, but but Jason, you were essentially my primary objective. So it's one of those. Monica was able to cover Kara and and Will if she needed to. Like you were my primary focus for this. So 
Um, and, and going back to the, the sock and shoe change, I understand why, because you can't, you don't know what's going on. You may not feel a blister coming, but he may have been able to see one, but I yeah. kind of fall more in line of the camp of that many changes could potentially just spark an issue just with the, just with the amount of change. If, if you're changing to different socks, you know, every 15, 20 miles, that could just increase open you up to something that you don't necessarily need to open up. So I just try to keep it and and I I approach crewing you the same way I would want someone to crew me, get me in and out, basic questions. I'll tell you if I need something specific, but I try to keep the aid stations as short as possible. So that's that was my philosophy in crewing you. Um and again, Monday morning quarterback should have reached out to Sam, say, hey, what have you done at A, B, and C? that seem to have helped that I can say, Hey, this is what Sam and I have talked about. What do you think about us continuing doing this for you? And again, yeah. you, you had that one big blister, that real nice one that drained for three days. I don't know if it's done draining or not, but, um, but that was really, other than that, your feet seemed to on Saturday seemed to look relatively okay. Well, they were a little missed. They well, looked they, like fifty mile feet. Well, they, they were a little misleading. Okay, I had I had two blisters that were rather large blisters that ran across the top of my feet, underneath my toes, that were hard to see. The reason okay. why they were hard to see was because they had busted. They busted during the run because I felt the pus come in between my toes as we were going up White Top. Mm, uh, now, 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 hold on. Let's put it into perspective here. When he says he feels him going up and 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 all that, and you're like, "Well, great, shoe change at white top." We didn't get that opportunity. No. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. No. Um, so, 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 so anyway, yeah. So I I think just to finish out my story, just for the folks, um, and we can get to get get to the 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 real the the best part of the story. Somebody who actually finished, um, you know. Um, you, you know, what, what ultimately happened was the feet started bothering me. I did not realize I had the, the amount of blisters I had. I think I ended up having one big one on my heel on the left side, two big ones that ran across the top part of my, my foot that came down a little bit. Um, that was on each of them, um, on each side. And then, um, ultimately what did me in now in retrospect was I was, I guess, uh getting plantar fasciitis at some at, during the race um i i don't know if it was just a progression of it from you know during the race to a certain point of it um because around right after taylor's valley um it it really became hard for me to keep a solid pace um you know it was to the point where will was so far ahead of me i would literally lose sight of him um multiple times and and you, i think go ahead go ahead finish your thought nope you and and i and i think you know what what was crazy about all of it was i was i felt like i was moving super fast and then i would look down at my watch and it was like 19 20 21 um 21 minute miles and then um you know we were we we realized that we were fighting the clock at in between Taylor's Valley and Green Cove um, to the point where 
we were, we were, you know, we, we knew that if we got into green code, it was going to be either past the cutoff or right at the cutoff. Um, and you came in there two minutes ahead, two minutes ahead. And, 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 and at the pace I was moving at that point, I, I think I was in the 24, 25 range. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at my, my, my data. Um, and I was only getting slower at that point. Um, by the time we made it to White Top, checked in with you, refueled our packs and our water and, and turned around and headed back down, mathematically, it didn't seem like we I would make it. I was just doing the math in my head. And I was in so much pain already. I was like, you know, if I felt like I had a fighting chance, I was going to keep going. I just didn't feel like I had a fighting chance. And I, I mean it, and that's why I was just like, you know, I might as well just stop because I'm not going to make it anyway. Now I found out after the fact that apparently they weren't really doing anything with cutoffs um, at all up there. They were just letting people just come and go, which so I guess it was a, it was a soft I, cutoff there. Correct. I, I, I guess that was never explained because um, you could never, you can't drop, at ta you can drop at Taylor's Valley, but you can't drop at Green Cove or White Top. And and that's and that's not true because when we were up at Green Cove, there were runners that had dropped up there. They were all sitting underneath the tent. Mm -hmm. they but were I think they were waiting. They were waiting on shuttles, correct? Right. They were waiting for a way back down. So you you could drop at Green Cove, which mm -hmm. meant in which in my head, and again, for right or wrong, in my head. If 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 I read something that says that a cutoff time is at this location at X time, which it said that in the in the guide, there was never anything in there with a parentheses of soft cutoff or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It might have changed things for me, you know. Sure, uh, sure. But 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 I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. you, you know. Um, in, go ahead. Okay, but here's the flip side of that. So. There's that green cove that you tagged out, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that is just about two miles short of the highest point on this course, right? About three miles, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're at the highest elevation. It's the coldest. You got the worst weather conditions on the course up there. If you can make it past that point and you start to drop down in elevation, you have a nice little downhill for the next several miles to speed up, you know, a little bit, even if you're walking. Um, and also, uh, what time of night was this at, roughly? When was it one o'clock? Okay, that's a terrible, terrible time to make any type of, you know, decision about quitting or not quitting. Non I would recommend absolutely not doing that ever. Non-crewated decisions. So. Don't think about anything except keep moving forward. And, and I totally get that. Because mm -hmm. White Top in past years has kind of been your your demon of sorts. I mean, it, minus it, the first year, right? Minus the first year, I made it back down to Taylor's Valley. But I think back to what you were saying, John, it's, it's, I think what I was seeing was the fact that I wasn't speeding up. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like I, I, I felt like I was only losing ground. And it was, it was harder for me to take steps. Um, It was, it was getting harder for me to take steps to the point where I was, there were parts where I was literally like losing my footing. And if it wouldn't have been for those poles, I would have been like in a world of hurt. 
Um, I saw a see, lot see, of people. See, so call. this is this is this is actually pretty interesting if I were to compare this to my experience, because the worst, the the hardest part of this race for me was that point between like roughly like mile fifty or fifty one, um, right after you get out of Damascus to coming back down towards Taylor's Valley like the second time, which was probably what about seventy eight or so. That's where I had like the roughest time in this race. That's I where I got to a point that if you were to look at my splits, thing. these would be my slowest splits of the race. Like I was walking for whatever reason. I felt like I couldn't run anytime I tried to, uh, it, it didn't work out. And so I just was stuck walking for most of those miles, got super drowsy, just walking, not in a straight line, but the thing is eventually it flipped you know, once I finally, once I got like out of Taylor's Valley that second time, for whatever reason, my likes came back. So the five minute nap I let you take. <laughs> the five minute nap, non nap. It, it was either that or the nap in the hobo camp at like mile but, 60. Right. It may and, or may not have existed. I may or may not have had some kind of hallucination. I don't know. Right. I never that. personally saw it, so I can't say that it was or was not there, but I have heard stories that this place was there. And John, <laughs> crewing you was kind of interesting because we would come into an aid station and it may or may not have even had service. So we wouldn't even necessarily be able to check the live tracking, right? And I just remember at one point, I'm sitting at the top of White Top and this guy comes walking up towards the train station. So I hop out the car. I'm like, well, that kind of looks like John's gate. Uh, kind of looks like his build, but all I can see is headlamp because there's nothing up there except one very dim light and runner's headlamps and car headlamps. And I just go, John, and I just hear, sup? <laughs> <laughs> so like, okay, that's my guy. Like, <laughs> and there were a couple times I'm like, John, nope, no response. Or I'm not John. Okay, well, sorry, can't see anyone up here. So, <laughs> no, um. But yeah, so you ultimately made the decision. We've all been there, and it sucks. Um, and it is what it is. You know, it, it's the reason we keep. It's the reason we keep coming back for more. At the hey. same time as as it is the reason that we 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 run it because we want to see if we can beat it. And 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 ultimately, I I don't you know, I don't regret what I did because I did it based off of how I felt. Well, and and, uh, and, 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 you know, for better, or for worse, you know, John got his legs back. You you look at my splits and I progressively got worse throughout that race after, after 50 miles. I, I told Will, matter of fact, we, him and I actually had this conversation on the trail. I said, as many times as I've done these races, I said, I said, I have waited for my legs to come back at different parts of it and waited and waited and waited. And that's what I waited on this time around. Cause I thought surely, surely with these slow freaking splits that I'm doing, surely at some point they're going to, things are going to get better for me and I'm going to be able to ride the ship. But at the end, you know, I was struggling to keep a steady, to keep myself steadied and and, and on my feet. Um, and um, do you think that was uh, drowsiness, or do you think that was just like like fatigue or like the foot problem? That was that was the foot problem, a hundred percent. 
It was there. There was, you know, I was never really drowsy. Never, never. I, I, I never really got sleepy. I never really got drowsy. Um, you know, you know, you know, to the point where I felt like I was going to fall over. Like the first year I did it, I got drowsy mm -hmm. going down. I remember that. Um, this year was not drowsy at all. Um, I, you know, my legs were not hurting. Um, I never had any leg issues from this. Uh, none. Nothing was sore. Nothing, nothing hurt afterwards. Um, it, it was all feet. And so, and so, yeah, it was, it was a hundred percent my feet, John, to answer that. Um, I'm going to interject here. When you say that you never got drowsy, you didn't like there was whenever someone would ask for an update on you, the first things that I would say was he's coherent because you get to these the point in these races and these distances when you're out there for so long and you're so physically exerted that you start to just kind of just have this deer in the headlights look and someone asks you a question and you, you don't even realize someone's talking to you every time you came into an aid station conversation was good you were coherent you were clear you knew what you needed and you knew what you wanted so your mind was never a question and so we would do these ground up checks is essentially what i'm calling them where we start from the ground and work our way up so i'm like how's your feet we're good okay how's your legs they're tired but they're okay perfect on to the next how's your gut you're eating you're drinking everything's good are you going to the bathroom perfect great how's your head i'm fine i'm mentally there perfect good and all of those little checks you were clear and concise every single time. It wasn't like, oh man, he feels like he's been punched in the head about five times by by Mike Tyson, and I can't really understand what he's trying to say. You never reached that point. Um, no, no, I, I never reached that point, and and I really thought at some point the, the feet issue was just going to go away, and that they would just get numb, and it would just it would just get it would just get it would just get better. As much okay. as I hate to say it, I kind of I like it when your feet hurt so bad they go numb because it's one less thing you got to worry about. The right, hurts. and and that's and that's <laughs> and, and honestly that's honestly that's what I kept waiting on. Yeah. And I know there's people that's going to be listening to this that are like, you know, you should have stuck it out, blah blah blah. I know, I you know, whatever. Well, Look. if you have PF, there's no way you're making it through the next forty miles. Like, so I don't, I, I, no, if I'd have been dealing with knowing what we think you have now, and none of us are doctors. And like Neil Patrick Harris says, we don't even play one on TV. Um, knowing what we think it is now, there's nothing, there's nothing that we had available to us. Maybe we could have put a bandaid on it using KT tape and just try to give that area some support. I could have done that maybe it would have got you to the next aid station. But ultimately, I don't think any amount of Advil, ibuprofen, liquor, KT tape, I don't think there was anything that would have been able to band-aid us to the next aid station where we could think of another band-aid to put on, to put on and just keep going. I think eventually we would have had to to make the ultimate call that, that you had to make. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, for those listening, you know, at the time, I didn't realize I had anything like that going on. I thought it was just blisters, the blisters and, and uh, you know, that was causing all this and like, you know, maybe general fatigue. But um, I took this week off from running. I didn't do anything. And uh, so today I decided I was going to run. And so I went on a very light five mile run and about halfway through it, the pain that I was feeling going up the white top started 
happening again in my what was heel. Your, what was your pace on this run? Like nine, okay, nine twenty. Um, and it started about halfway through, and then it just got progressively worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And now tonight, I'm having trouble walking around. Period. I can barely put any weight on my heel um, because it just is just terrible, terrible pain. You don't so, have bone spurs by chance, do you? No, Garrett. But it whatever it is, whatever it is, it's exactly what was going on last mm-hmm. Friday. Saturday, whatever the hell it was, this is, this is it. I mean, the pain Mm. is, the pain is very memorable, Um, very memorable. It feels the exact same. I remember trying to get out of bed the next day to go pee and trying to put stepping on my left foot and the pain felt exactly, exactly the same. So whatever it is, that's it's, it was, it was what happened at the race, whether it's planters or or uh, whether it's bone spurs or the San Antonio spurs or whatever it is, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's screwed. It's 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 screwed up. So I'm going to have to take some time off. Most importantly, let's talk to the big winner, John. He came out of the gate. You look, you look fresh. You didn't come out of the gate, okay? Y'all were ahead of me for a solid two miles. Okay, from a from a crew standpoint, I gotta say this: John <laughs> was like four hours late to actually start. That's not true. He started when everyone else did, but his tracker, for whatever reason, did not pick him <laughs> up. So Monica and I, and this is gonna be a little kind of behind the scenes look here. One of the runners may or may not have been able to get all of their bowel movements done before we had to leave on the morning for race morning to get to the shuttle. So the joke that we had until your tracker actually started and everyone else has picked up was John didn't start. And this runner still finally getting their poop out because when you're up at the top of white top, there's no service up there. And so in the crew manual, it does say spotty self-service tracking may not be available at these aid stations. So ultimately, that's what it was, was just nothing was picking up. But it was just a funny joke like, wow, John did all this training and just decided to not even start. And this runner is finally going poop. And he was pooping for about three hours. But he finally got his. (laughs) Oh, man. That sounds like a worse time than Jason's foot issue, to be honest. (laughs) It takes three hours to poop. So so I guess, I guess, John. Was I mean, was it as smooth as it looked? I mean, I was there, and 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 it looked as smooth as a bottle of Dulcolax the entire time with you. Uh, was it was was it was it literally as smooth? Other than the time you slept with some homeless people on the side of the mountain. Hey, they're I mean, good. They're good big spoons. Okay. I mean, let's be honest. A hundred, running a hundred mile race, it's not easy, even. For races that go better, it's still a hundred freaking miles. That is not, not easy. That far, hundred miles is not that far. Not that far, but it's also <laughs> not easy either. <laughs> true, true. hundred miles is still hundred miles, and there is no no way around it. Like whatever the terrain, it's still a hundred miles. For sure, like yeah, that's a long time to be on your feet. 
-hmm. even for like an elite runner who's able to complete in like 12 or 13 hours, that's still a long time on feet. Yeah. So going into the race, um, because it canceled Strava, I don't really keep <laughs> up with, with people's training anymore. Um, how was your training block? Like going into Thursday when you were driving up or Friday, no Thursday. Yeah. When you were going, when you were driving up and we met you in Knoxville, how were you mentally going into this? Were you, were you like, yeah, I got this. Like, like every runner, like, yeah, I've got it in the bag, you know, like, but did you actually believe it or were you like, well, let's see how it goes, you know, cause you've got <laughs> another race coming up and we'll save that for another topic. But how are you mentally going into this? So when you're at the start line of a 100 mile race and your goal, I mean, first and foremost, your goal should be just to finish. Cause again, we just said, that's really hard. There has to be no doubt in your mind that you can finish this race. Again, sure. it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but you have to quell any doubt, but yeah. So, and I mean, beyond that, I think one of the biggest motivations for me doing this race was to be, you know, at this race, you know, with my friends, with Jason, with you, with Will, Kara, and just to enjoy this whole experience together. That was... Because this is your first time ever having crew and support at a 100-mile race. Yeah, I mean, except for Hellbender where I DNF'd 50 oh, miles. Well, yeah, you have, yeah, you did have um, us there, so, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, I mean, that was like first my biggest motivation for doing this race probably was just to be around everyone and to, yeah, again, just enjoy the experience together. I mean, not necessarily like, you know, run it all, you know, step for step, but just the thought of, you know, being out there on this course together, pushing for that same goal, you know, with people that I care about that, that, that that's what motivated me. And that's, and that's a big motivation. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, so I, I I understand that. So, um, so from a crew standpoint, I didn't really see anything that when you would come into an aid station, like I said, we were at all of them we could be at for you. And I think the I really think the only one we missed was Damascus, because um, we saw you coming through Abingdon, we saw you at Alvarado, but we missed you at Damascus. But I caught you at Taylor's Valley. Um, just barely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally just barely. Well, and and so if I had not moved the car, we would not have seen you. And I just happened, Jason, I don't think I told you this. So at the Taylor's Valley aid station, I didn't know which direction you guys were coming from because there were cars <laughs> parked on both sides of the road. And like there's this little side road that kind of runs around to the side. And then there's the road that, that ultimately I found out everyone's coming on. So I parked going with flow of traffic like everyone when you go when you come to these forks in the road you stay to the right so i just kind of went to the right parked the car got a lay of the land like okay runners are coming from this way the aid station's up here they end up going that way uh let's move the car happen to move the car park it get out of the car and take like three steps behind it and john's right there like if i had waited any <laughs> longer we're missing john so like <laughs> Yeah, and this was definitely like the part of the race where I was just the most tired, the most fatigued. And mm -hmm. so I'm just walking through, getting ready to like walk up that little tiny hill up to like the aid station. And 
I looked on her hand. I was like, oh, there's Garrett. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were that close to missing him. So, um, but even then, you seemed okay. Like we would do the same very basic with, with you, though, because you had access to your drop bag. There wasn't a whole lot of what do you need from us? We were we were essentially just surplus. Um, so there's a lot of, hey, what do you need from your bag? We'll see if we can grab it real quick or we've got this and this made. Um, those kind of things. The one thing, though, I did not want you to do and you would ask, how are the other runners? And I and in J- Jason, you guys would ask the same question. Don't worry about them. Focus on you. So, John, would how are the other one? Don't worry about them. Focus on you. Focus on what we can do right here. Um, just to kind of keep both you guys from feeling like you were, you know, not not catching up or they're gaining on you, like just so you could focus on your own race, basically. Um, right. And it, let me interject. And that was the reason why I did not tell you we I had dropped when I saw you in between Green Cove and White Top. Uh, oh, John, on the, okay. John, oh, because yeah, so- I, I, I was, you were running, the, the, you were running an incredible race. And uh, I was like, he just needs to keep running his race. He doesn't need to worry about me. You ran off into the distance and I looked at Will and I said, he didn't need to know anything other than what was going on with himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you, 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 you know, and so, you know, we were at that point, you know, and, and, and I agree with Garrett, you know, you, you don't need to worry about anybody else. You know, you need to focus, focus on, focus on your own race. And I knew you were killing it because Every time, every time we saw you, you were like a gazelle floating in the air. So it was, uh, you know, um, you're dropping those 15, 16 minute miles, baby. <laughs> blazing, blazing. <laughs> um, okay. That's all it takes for a hundred finish. <laughs> right. But I think the only thing we ever really gave you was you never really took any food from us. The occasional, uncr- you, you, you use the. Um, you'd grab an, the occasional uncrustable and we did have all of your 500 Celsius drinks for you. Um, okay, so those came in a clutch because, again, one of the things I fought most during this 200 race... 200 milligrams first, of caffeine better come in the clutch. Like, just, Yeah, it was just like tiredness. Like, um, yeah, and I started feeling tired around like 21 and 23, but I mean, I already determined that's probably the time of day I usually have lunch, so that was probably why I felt that slump, but like yeah, that makes sense. It's that like makes the sense. sun started going down. I was I was tired. So yeah, I probably had between like what like six or seven of those Celsius drinks. I'd say at least five. At least, at least five. five. No. So if we call it six and each of those has about two hundred milligrams of caffeine, that's a very unhealthy amount. Would not recommend anyone drinking near that amount in a day outside of an ultra. <laughs> During an ultra, everything's fair game. So oh, absolutely, including beer from a stranger in a trail. So just, uh, yeah, just drink at your own risk. <laughs> now, let me ask, since we're talking about caffeine, my approach is I put it off. I have my morning coffee to help my morning bowel movements before the race, like everyone else does. Um, then I try to put it off as long as absolutely possible. Um, now, sugar, on the other hand, I start that early and I stay on top of it as often as I can it's a little easier to ride the sugar train than it is to ride the caffeine train. Um, especially especially since so much uh, of the sports nutrition, is just full of sugar. Right. Yeah. 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 But so I don't remember giving you a Celsius until I saw you there at Taylor's Valley the first time. 
Oh no! I took the first one I took was that uh, when I saw y'all at Admin that about like thirty Oh, okay. Did you get one there? Okay, I don't I don't remember. three, thirty four. Yeah, I, I didn't drink at all. Oh, that's the one you drank like half of and said, okay, yeah. All right. I do remember that one now. So um was that a it just didn't feel right? You didn't need it? Was it the flavor? Because I gave you choices and you Oh. picked whichever one you wanted. So Well, well, I didn't see all at first there, so I was already at the aid station. I'd already taken in some, like, fluids. Like, I was already, like, drinking, like, some Mountain Dews and eating some bananas. So Mm I was hmm already kind of kind of full-ish from that. Okay. So that makes sense then. So um but so at what point I know you've said miles fifty to sixty, but I remember you saying what was it, fifty one to fifty five or, or was it fifty six to sixty that were the real nitty gritty struggle part for you? Fifty six to sixty was probably like the worst. Um And that's that's essentially Taylor's Valley to Green Cove in Green that Cove area. is Green Green Cove is sixty three. Okay. I'm trying Okay. Yeah. to figure out hold on It's a like second. right before Hold on, hold Taylor's on. Valley. It's Hold like on really a second. Hold on. I have a question. Yeah. Who who Okay. So you obviously slept around mile sixty, because I went back and I looked at your splits. <laughs> I'm looking Okay. at it right now, yeah. Yeah, okay, It looked like so about that's a hobo camp. so <laughs> so no the hobo camp was much further earlier. It was like right. It was like close to Straight Branch, right outside of Damascus. I'm trying to figure out who in the hell you were sleeping with at sixty because we went through that area and I don't remember there being a living soul in that area. Um, Man, you know, alien abduction stories, I'm serious. like, there's all I kinds don't of remember like cryptid they stories get from like Appalachia. It could have been like I'm a a skinwalker. serious look. Could have been one of those like skin or one of those skinny things. One of those I'm as could serious. have been Bigfoot. Could have been the Yeti. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Look, Could have just I'm as been serious. like my own demons. I'm as serious as a heart attack here. That area was as barren, as So. barren <laughs> as you could possibly get. I remember even thinking. To my, I remember even thinking to myself because I remember that section very vividly. I remember thinking to No myself. offense, Jason, but you've been, you've ran this race four times. I hope you remember that section There, vividly. there is there is nothing up there in that section. There is nothing at all in that <laughs> area at all. So I have no idea who he was sleeping with. Did If you? it if it was a live person, I don't think it was a live. I don't think there was anybody up there uh, because the camp that we saw was literally literally right outside of Damascus, like right outside near Straight Branch. Could you? Uh, So, so, so it's funny you say this, because because when I because when I finally like laid down for that dirt nap trail side, my thoughts were, okay, I could step off trail and just it would be like really nice and peaceful. I wouldn't have all these runners running by asking me how I am. But then again, like you know, if I conk out here for like five, six, seven, eight hours, then. nobody's gonna find me so maybe i should just do it like here like right next to the trail so i found this like nice little rock kind of over by the trail that you could crawl up under and have just a little bit of a shelter what felt like a shelter and well, that's where i laid down Did you fall asleep with your middle finger up so everyone at least knew you were okay when they would walk when they would walk by? it's my thumb up Okay. <laughs> thumb up <laughs> no. But outside of that, that little stretch, nothing really seemed to bother you. Short I mean nothing that would have 
dropped you from the race. Like it, it, you would come in and I'd say, how are you? And you'd be like, well, I feel like I've run 80 miles. Well, yeah, no shit. You're at mile 83. <laughs> yeah, of course you're going to feel that way. But nothing major. You didn't have any stomach issues, right? That I knew about. No, there were only, there were only a couple of times where maybe I went a little heavy on the sugar. So I'd like lay off of that a bit. And I was um, drinking a lot of rock tanks. So I had to switch over to like just water for a little while. And more savory foods, but mm-hmm. no major nutrition issues. I'm glad that we were able. So I know she's not on the episode, um, but I'm really glad that because Kara kind of had the same thing where she would come in and she's like, you know, something just my, it, her stomach wasn't off, but it didn't feel. Yeah. So we were able to be like, OK, look at what you've eaten. Let's go ahead and dial it in here. Take these bland mashed potatoes here. Take this sandwich, like very, very, very low sugar foods. Cause she had started to consume like you maybe on the excess side on the, on the, on the sugar train. Uh, I'm very glad that we were able to get that back in check. So she could yeah. then get back to her normal, her normal race plan. So uh, yeah, the only, um, the only other notable thing that I kind of had to deal with was just like the general fatigue on my feet. Like, I don't know, like, compared to the other 100 milers I have ran, I don't know, it just, they just felt more, like, fatigued overall. And I don't know if that's, like, the nature of the course being, like, more runnable, if that makes any sense, or if that's a thing. But, I mean, sitting down for, like, a couple minutes, you know, when I saw you guys, that helped out a lot, so. Yeah. yeah and I know at Taylor's Valley the second time uh, when you came through and you- – you were like, I just need to sit down and say, cool, take a seat. I'm setting a five minute timer. Just close your eyes. Cause you may not have fallen asleep, oh, but those five minutes of eyes closed can rejuvenate a runner faster than anything else. So even the, even the dirt nap you took with the homeless Yeti, um, <laughs> that may or may not have ended up being a goat. We don't know. Yeah. That'd be a, that'd be a great uh, Instagram handle, by the way. <laughs> Let's see if that's taken. <laughs> the homeless Yeti. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. No. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's really not much to, to say about your race other than, other than you executed your plan borderline flawlessly because you didn't necessarily have a time goal. I mean, I, we all fantasize about having the 24 hour. Like every runner who runs 100 miles, what, yeah, I want to see if I can do it in 24 hours. Yeah. So yeah, initially that was like, I did um, come up with a pacing plan on ultra pacer and I did print that off and laminate it to have it on a card with me. And for the most part, I was able to nail all those splits through Damascus, roughly the halfway point, but it's after there where it started to kind of slip away. Like, you know, where I kind of said, I kind of hit that slump. Mm -hmm. Uh, But once I started to kind of slip away, like for me, like in this race, there's not a difference between a 25, 26, 27, 28 hour finish at that point. It's just kind of like, oh, well, all right, just finish. So relax in, just get this thing done, uh, yeah. enjoy once, what I can. Yeah. Once the 24 hour comes and goes, to me, it's kind of like, okay, cool. 24 is gone. So a 25 hour is the same as a 27 hour. So I can, it's almost like a burden's gone. You know, if, if you're one of those, who kind of flirts with the, I could do this if I executed it perfectly, but I would need some help. It's almost like that burden of not having to worry about hitting your splits all the time. 
unless you drop so far back that all of a sudden now you have to be concerned about eight station splits. It, 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 you can enjoy the race more. You can, yeah. It, yeah. It's, and, you know, it's maybe I could have, like, you know, picked things up more, you know, coming back down from that white top to half point. But mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It was encouraging to me because it makes me feel like I'm that much closer to that being an obtainable goal someday, maybe not this day. But yeah, I mean, that second sun, you know, that second sunrise came up. It was beautiful. There's this nice fog out on the course. It was just, real peaceful and serene and then i got to pay scared for nine miles of the race and oh, yeah thanks nice. for bringing thanks for bringing me home so <laughs> now, i will say because we had this plan that uh so monica was essentially co-crew and i could not have done half of what i did if she was not there um and so we we were kind of on our way back and this is after taylor's valley when I had texted you and said, Hey, I'm going to try to be at Damascus. What I want to do is get these four home so they can go to sleep. I'll try to get back to Damascus as fast as I can, but if not, I'll for sure see you at Alvarado. Um, we were flying. We were not flying because we were just driving and we came across the Damascus crew aid station and I slammed on the brakes almost and whipped it in there at the very last second looked back at Monica and said, Monica, here's the plan. This is what we're doing. And um, essentially she told me no. And I'll know, like, it was a very funny line. And if you know, Monica, like it, it will make sense when I say, she said, I leave the dance with the partner I came with. We're going to see this through together. <laughs> and so we sat there and that's what we did. So we ended up taking them back, doing a little curbside drop off made it back to damascus and i think we were there about 15 minutes maybe 20 minutes before you got there so i was glad we were able to to make that work um but yeah that's like when, and that's when you guys finally told me that everyone else had dropped and the fate of the world was in my hands well essentially well because at that point i mean you could have realistically gone 22 minute miles and been just fine like right it, when we saw you at damascus the finish line was essentially in the back. You just had to keep walking. You know, you have to walk fast. You just had to walk. So that's, I was like, okay, the sun's up or the sun is getting ready to come up. So he, he'll see that and that'll rejuvenate him. We can go ahead and tell him now, it, it, like, it, it's okay. I did not want you to worry about them because I know what it's like at 3.30 in the morning. When sunrise feels like it's still forever away, and the nighttime still feels like you're in the middle of it. And all the demons that come with the, the mentality fights that happen there, I didn't want you to work. So I was like, okay, fine. All of that's gone. He's he, We're through the mud and the muck of it all. Now we can go ahead and be like, yeah, hey, by the way, uh, I'm not going home with an 0 for 4, so I don't know what the fuck you got to do, but you got to finish. So <laughs> <laughs> no. And there was one time, I think it was, uh, so Kara... I kind of got snippy with with Will and Jason a little bit, um, but Kara was a bit ahead of them because she had at that point was I guess she told Monica that her legs, she couldn't get them at the pace that y'all three were going. So she's like, I need to move a little bit. So she ended up going about 15, 20 minutes ahead or so of you guys. Um, and this was coming into Alvarado. She wasn't that far ahead of you, but she did come through and say, hey, you know, they're talking about some stuff that they're going on with. So 
they came through and I looked at them and I said, no excuses, no shit, go sit down. We're going to figure this out right now. And, and Jason just kind of looked at me like, okay. And Will was like, oh, okay, fine, whatever. Um, and I always <laughs> knew if, if Will, if Will's in the right frame of mind, he'll get snarky. Non-snarky Will is the Will that I'm like, all right, I, I really need to focus on this. So when you guys came into Abingdon and he wasn't snarky, I was like, man, this seems a little early for this. Like, I'm I'm kind of, I'm a little nervous here. So Jason, take us back, because one of the aid stations there was not open. Did I hear that right? It was, was on open, the way back. but it wasn't? That's on the way back. Watauga wasn't open on the way back. Okay. Um, and so we needed we needed water um we mm-hmm. needed water and there was there was no one there was no one there um on the way on the way um on the way back so yeah okay. so that was a little frustrating um it looked like the same people were there but they didn't have anything out um so okay i'm not sure yeah so. but so snarky will wasn't at abingdon and that's when I was like, man, this seems a little early for like I was expecting a couple more jabs and jibes, right? Um, but then we saw you guys at Alvarado, and I was able to, you know, walk with you guys that little bit down the trail, turned around and yelled, by the way, I believe in you. And Will gave the good old fuck off. Uh, and I was like, good. That's because when he's in that frame of mind and says it in that tone, like it was not a condescending, like, I'm very upset. Like, do not talk. It was very much like the playful kind of thing that that the four of us seem to always have. Um, but at that point, I was like, okay, Will's mentally back. They're going to be okay. We'll we'll figure it out at Damascus. Um, and even then, the next time you guys came through Damascus, you were fine. Like he was still joking as much as as much as you can joke at at the halfway point, you know. Um, but. The whole time you guys still seemed upbeat and and I would ask, you know, how are we? Because I know that when you have a race that that you've tried or when you have a goal, I'll just say it that way. When you have a goal that you've tried to to accomplish so many times and I didn't want you to like put it on this pedestal. Right. Um, But your mentality, for what I can tell, seemed to be right the whole time. You'd come in and say they're going to have to peel me off this course like I will time out, but I won't quit. Um, yeah, and that and and that and that was honestly my mentality all the way up to the point where I, I imagine I imagine that was still your mentality with two minutes to spare. Yeah, I mean, I I I still stand by what I said earlier. For better or for worse, um, I you know, I I, I you know I did not realize it was a soft cutoff. Um, you know, Jason runs a pretty stringent course from a cutoff standpoint i mean mm-hmm. you know from, you know i mean you know he's he's always known to follow the rules and stuff like that and so in my head that was exactly where my head was and moving where i was moving and how i was moving and and, and whatnot i did not feel like it was going to it was going to happen sure. realistically and um i still don't think it would i don't think it would have happened i, I mean mm knowing knowing what i know now and the shape of, of 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 how i am now i think even if i would have went to white top and turned around and went back down at some point in the next 33 what 33 miles 34 miles mm-hmm. i you know 
either I would have timed out at an aid station that they they actually are what we're going to time you out at, or I think my feet, my my my, I would not been able to to do anything with that with that foot. No, I I think you would have. I don't think, and this is just at this point from a crew standpoint, knowing when I saw John at White Top and when I saw Kara at White Top, and then another set of two runners will come through that wasn't you and will and then another set of runners and another set of, and i'm kid i'm sitting there like at this point i'm thinking i've got two other runners out here with no cell service up here i'm almost at this point where i've got to make a call do i stay up here and now monica and kara and john are all on their own or do i make the call and say hey i got to figure out where this green cove aid station is and see if they're there like see if something happens see if someone can at least tell me and so i ended up getting out of the car going over and talking to some other people who were waiting on their runners and we're all looking at the time and one of them was like no i like we passed our runner we didn't stop but we know our runner was at green cove and so we were able to i was okay but if you guys had been another 15 minutes i might not have been there and that would have been a whole lot more tricky to try to figure out where you are. And that would just would not have been good. So, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think you would have made it past Taylor's Valley the second time. No, I mean, that that last mile, I was almost at a 30 minute mile. Yeah. Um, 60. Let's see. 63 was 25. 64 was 30 and a, almost 31 minutes. 65 was 25 and a half. 66. One of those is an aid station, right? 63 63 would have been so okay so that that at least explains why one of those was a little bit longer and then but then 66 was 25 and a half and then that last three quarters of a mile was almost the 0.8 was was 29.48 so uh it, it was just progressively getting worse and worse and and at least now i have an idea that there's something going on with the split i'm just going to rest it for probably about a month um, in case it is planner, uh, and just let it get healed up and, you know, and get back, you know, you know, get back running again. So, but, you know, at least, at least, at least I, I know that there was something more than just bl blisters and general fatigue, which at the time I felt like there was something that was wrong. I just, you know, I just, just couldn't put my, put my finger on what was going wrong. I knew it wasn't normal to not be able to put weight on your foot. Like mm -hmm. I knew something was not normal with that. Like it, it's just not normal to not be able to put your weight on your foot without there being, you know, like shooting pain. Sure. sure. So. so wrapping up your race, is there anything, I don't think there's anything, even if we knew then what we know now i don't think there's anything that we had access to i think given what we had we executed your race as best as we could yeah. and you can tell me i'm wrong and say garrett you're the shit crew like no, i no, will no. i will own that i told you so no no i i think i think you know i think you're 100 percent right i mean i think you know i think it was uh managed 100 percent well um i think you know um you know, in short of, 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 make, of maybe having different shoes, I don't even know if they could have made a difference. I don't know if anything could have made a difference. 
not on uh, not on planner planner is a time-based recovery unfortunately you can help accelerate the time but you can't you can't go from having plantar fasciitis to changing shoes and no longer having it (laughs) as much as as easy as i would love it for it to be that way unfortunately it's just not so yeah if it is planner i i think we we did everything we could with what we had and you made the what i will say is you made the right call at the right time yeah and 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 i feel certain that it's 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 probably that i went through and after you guys uh uh gave me your assessment earlier i went through and uh did a little bit of research on my own and that's it's got to be that i mean there's there's no i mean the symptoms are i mean 99.9 percent the exact the way it reads so there's no doubt that that's what i have and that's what I had last week and just was not aware of it at the time, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, but at the same time, I never get hurt. So. Right. Well, and you don't know what you don't know, you know, but plantar fasciitis is one of those things. Like if you look it up on whatever, whatever health website you go to, it's one of those self-diagnosable injuries that you don't necessarily need a doctor for. It's it's, this is what it is. And if it feels like that, well, that's what you got. Like it's, there's really nothing else that it could be nothing that an MRI nothing short of an MRI would show you right so and and I yeah just everything you've described with what I know and what I've experienced in in smaller fashions of um thankfully the times that I've had kind of some uh planner pain hasn't been in the middle of a training block so I've been able to or in the middle of a race been able to dial it back do some alternate forms of of conditioning, um, increase my stretching at that point. So um, that that's my experience with it. Kind of catch it early enough, but in the middle of a race, I, there's nothing you can do. So it, it's it was the right call. So and and I will hang my hat on that one. So yep. Um, what was your what was your ultimate finish time? High time. Mm-hmm. It's like twenty seven hours, twenty minutes, and change five or something somewhere um, there. So yeah. So 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 one thing we didn't cover was the single hardest quarter mile that any of us covered on foot this weekend. Okay, and it didn't come during the race. <laughs> Anyone who's been on a on a family vacation, on an extended road trip around with friends, family, or anything long enough knows that there comes a point where you just all are kind of over it and kind of hate each other. For us, it's a damn stake. (laughs) That came Saturday, the day after the race. I had maybe an hour of sleep. Jason and all them, they probably slept like kings. I don't know. They look like they got like five or six hours. Garrett probably didn't get any. I don't, Monica just drove straight home. But we decided to go out and have like a nice dinner with friends. And Jason made us walk a quarter mile uphill. My feet were swollen up the size of like basketballs. My Achilles, I I don't know. I couldn't see any veins in my feet at all. My Achilles was huge and it was throbbing. Jason made us walk a quarter mile uphill to this restaurant that he ultimately deemed was not fit for us to eat at. And that was the single most painful quarter mile uh, covered on foot this weekend, that weekend. 
So I will say from like 3.30 race morning until 8.30 the following night, I had maybe a collective hour and 15 minutes sleep. So I will, in, in, in my closing <laughs> thoughts on all this, if someone ever says, hey, would you rather run 100 or help people run 100? I'm picking run 100 every time. Because crewing is not for the faint of heart. That is, uh, I'd rather run 100. I would, you guys had less stressful things to worry about than I did. And I wouldn't even run in. <laughs> yeah. And ultimately, like I said, my biggest motivation for running this race was just, you know, to be around my friends and, you know, share this experience with us all out there together. And while I know not all of us got the results that we wanted, I hope that you found some part of it enjoyable and I appreciate, you know, y'all being out there. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have been out there without you guys. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, uh, you know, it was fun. It was definitely fun hanging out a hundred percent. So once we got some food in our belly and maybe a little bit more sleep and those milkshakes that we had that night, those were pretty good. So that kind of made up for it. Like the little, that little snafu, but uh, you ended up okay in the end. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, Jason. So just just to just to wrap things up, uh, I am going to be taking a hiatus from the show, just a little mental mental break from from running. Um, obviously, I'm taking some time off to heal up my foot. Um, I think even when I do get back on my feet. You may not see me a whole lot on Strava. I'm like Garrett. I kind of just let that subscription go. Um, and just to be a, quite honest with you, it's useless if you don't pay. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 you might as well, you might as well not even, you might as well just be using a pen and paper um, yeah. because it's just, it's just pointless. But um, I'll be back, you know, um, you'll be in good hands with the guys here. I just need a little bit of time away. This, this, you know, this, this race has, has literally, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, it just, it just has kind of broke me mentally from the standpoint of Owen four is kind of hard. And uh, I just need some time away from, 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 from thinking about running and having to talk about it. Um, if that makes sense. So I'm Great. definitely going to, going to take a little bit of time off from, uh, from the show and whatnot. So, well, in closing, I will say that the four of you were an inspiration to everyone. So like I told you guys, um, I had something to say about each of you and how each one of you motivated me. So that being said, I have a race on the calendar. So I have a 100K that I signed up for in April. So if anything else, you inspired this old runner to get back out in the back out in the, in the groove and see if I can still hang with the young bucks so yeah until next time guys this is the three amigos jason you hop on anytime you want buddy you have the standing open invitation and we will see you guys on the next episode of the trail trash podcast where i keep it trashy john keeps it classy <laughs>